0: I want to start with the term gender equity, which sounds pretty unassuming and I think it means to most people that girls and boys, men and women, females and males are given equal opportunities to succeed regardless of their gender. One definition of gender equity is a set of actions, attitudes, and assumptions that provide opportunities and create expectations about individuals regardless of gender. Uh, what we're going to do today is we're going to elaborate on the concept of expectations. and. Uh, as a program note, I'm not going to get into the issues around transgender or non binary or anything else beyond the topic of how we view and train and treat male and female athletes and the similarities and the differences. I think I'm, I'll just stay within those guidelines. Um, when I first started coaching volleyball, I was a former college football player and a track athlete, and I didn't know anything about the sport of volleyball, and I knew even less about coaching females. I remember when I first started coaching, every year, the first thing I always say was, I'm going to treat you like an athlete. I'm not going to treat you like a girl. And to me, that was the ultimate compliment I could pay someone because it meant that I viewed them as, as they were all equal from the start without any need of special or preferential treatment. So to me, that was, you know, I was very proud of the fact that I wasn't going to discriminate in any way because of gender. And you know, I came out of this 1970s as, as an athlete, and I remember the first day of football practice in my ninth grade year. Because we went, I went to a small school. We played flag football in junior high, and then my first year of tackle football in ninth grade. I mean, we ran a mile for time in full pads the first day, and uh, <laughs> it was hard. Uh, we were never allowed water during practice, and we sometimes ran sprints after practice so late. I remember the coaches pulled up the cars to the field so the lights could be on so we could keep running. And uh, Basketball was similar. I mean, we ran suicides until we thought we were gonna drop. Uh, the general consensus seemed to be that, you know, exceptional hard work uh, to the point of struggle and suffering would ultimately make us stronger and tougher, and both physically and mentally. And at no time, I, I never took it personal, or I felt like I was being treated differently. And we just all worked as hard as we could and did the work that was asked of us. And I think if we we all knew down deep that if we didn't like it, we could quit at any time. I mean, people were always quitting teams, and it was our choice to either participate or not participate. So, um, But I think a lot of people who grew up, when I grew up, I mean, there was a a lot of physical demands placed on your body because it was looked at as it was going to make you a tougher, stronger individual. Um, I do think there is some issue with, you know, in today's society, if young athletes uh, love that what we call the grind if they love that grind as much as you know athletes did in in past decades I, mean, I think right now we have so much going on in society there's so many distractions for young kids you know people are trying to build their brand they're trying to do all these other things but i guess the question is do people just do, do young athletes like to work as hard as they used to. And I don't know if there's an answer to that. Uh, again, I, as I told you, there's gonna be lots of questions in this podcast, maybe not lots of answers, but there is some indication from talking to lots of coaches in different fields uh, that it's just much harder to keep the kids working now because they have so many other distractions in their life. And with that is gonna come uh, you know, different levels of focus, different levels of commitment, different levels of intensity, different levels of being able to overcome uh, difficult situations. Uh, but I think that is one of the questions. I mean, I remember when I, was a, when I was a young athlete growing up, one of my heroes, one of my idols, was a, was a basketball player named Pete Maravich. And Pete Maravich was, uh, played at LSU back in the late 60s, I think, early 70s. And he averaged 40-some points a game before there was a, there was a three-point line. Uh, and he was just, he was known, he was famous for his his workouts. I mean, he would, and he, a lot of it was just stuff he did on his own. He would dribble a basketball to town, dribble it back home. He would go to the YMCA and practice hours and hours and hours on end. I think on YouTube, there's some stories about P. Merovich and just, you know, how... Uh, his workouts were pretty much infamous for the work he did. But, and I think other players like Jerry Rice in football, he's, you know, he's legendary for the work he does. And I I just think the greatest people at what they do, you know, their work ethic and the time they were willing to commit to be great are almost legendary. And I I think one of the things that people wonder right now is, you know, (laughs) with everybody trying to build their brand and and be so active on social media and do so many other things, are athletes working like they used to? And I heard, it might have been Joe Burrow from the Cincinnati Bengals said recently that, you know, you, you have to be willing to work in silence or, or anonymity. You've got to be willing to do the work without anybody watching you, without anybody knowing you're doing it. Just, it's just one of the things that you've got to do. And so I think that's one of the things that, you know, we look at all, as well because are our players working as hard as they always have? In probably seven, eight years into my coaching career, I started to gradually understand that while I wanted to work and push my players, just like I'd been pushed as an athlete, uh, coaching girls was not really exactly the same as coaching boys, and I mean, don't get me wrong, I coached a lot of girls who are, they're 100% badass in terms of grit and toughness, and they take everything that you throw their way and they give it right back, and you know, literally the toughest athletes I've ever coached have been female athletes. Uh, but we have f- about 50 girls teams here in our program. We also have twenty over 20 boys teams, and one of the things I do is I see differences daily in the terms of group dynamics between boys and girls and uh, you know just the work that they do and the work that they have to do and the work that you can ask from the, the group in general. I'm not talking about the top of the pyramid. I'm talking about across the board, the expectations, and... What we're going to do in this podcast is we're going to explore how athletes are treated because of their gender. And there are going to be a lot of questions, probably no answers, but a lot of questions. And I think intriguing questions nonetheless. And I think one of the things that um, you know, we want to look at as a society, do we really want our daughters and sons to be treated the same way? Or do we want the same opportunities with a different path taken to pursue those opportunities? And I think that's one of the things that uh, we want to explore it a little bit today. And, you know, I'm, I'm doing this because I think there's a lot of questions that need to be asked. And as I said, a while just a while ago, I don't think there's a lot of answers. But there are a lot of questions. And I think we want to examine uh, the thing we do as coaches is we always ask why we do things the way we do them. If we don't always question, and if we can't ask honest answers, or ask honest questions and get honest answers, then we don't grow and develop. And, you I was recently exchanging a text with a division one coach who happens to be a female who coaches a different sport and we were discussing the issue of coaching and training female versus male athletes and she's coached female athletes for her whole life I mean probably 30 40 years uh, and I told her there's a saying that females need to bond before they can battle and males use battle as a way to bond and grow closer uh, you know it's kind of a common common denominator that people say men battle to bond and women bond to battle and her response was one word truth in capital letters with an exclamation mark Uh, and then she sent me the following message which is pretty telling she said we share our facility with the men's team and i see it all the time both teams have the same purpose and end goal increased performance on the field we the women's team worked with our sports psychologists on deepening relationships through communication and vulnerability the men's team just did a punt pass and kick competition and I think that right there, across the board, sums up in a lot of ways. You know the the reason for this podcast and the questions. You know, not right or wrong, but differences. Examining differences and, and looking and see, do we should we have differences? If we have differences, is that gender equity? Um, so I think from this, it sounds like you know there's more than one path to reach the same result and a goal. And then if that's the case, then the next question is does one of these two paths ultimately create a stronger, more complete athlete, and also is one path better than the other based on gender? I think those are all things that, you know, that we want to ask. I want to know the answers to those, and I know there are no answers, but I want to ask those questions. And I think another question, there's a lot of talk these days that involves the word grit. You hear the word grit a lot. I mean. Uh, you know, in the last decade, it's used a lot more, and I think it just basically comes down to the things that that we talked about in the '70s. Is just it's toughness. I mean, you, you know, you never quit, you don't give up, uh, you just have a lot of grit. And I think from there, the question is, can grit be developed? Can it be nurtured? Can it be trained? Does an athlete either have it or not? Uh, and if it can be developed and trained, is there a best way to become the grittiest athlete possible? And I, I think that you know these are questions that we should always be asking and exploring. I think there's a lot of physiology and there's a lot of science behind everything that we do, diet, nutrition, exercise, but it still comes down to what we're willing to sacrifice, the price we're willing to pay physically, the pain we're willing to endure and the struggle we're willing to go through. Uh, Even with all the science and everything behind us, it still comes down to those things. And I told you there are gonna be a lot of questions. Uh, So let's get back to my conversation with my coaching friend about the differences between her team and the men's team in regards to how they approached and reaching their goals. And now let's compare these processes to something like the Navy SEALs who go through uh, the the brutal training to become the greatest warriors in the world <laughs> someone all of us some, somebody really would all of us view as the ultimate teammates in terms of what needs to be done to accomplish their mission and the sacrifices that they're willing to make for their teams and i don 't think there's any question that those those people are those guys are the best of the best and you know the the seals go through what probably could only be described as brutal training which involves what Some would say is the most difficult training in the world. They're broken down mentally and physically to the point where, in some instances, the dropout rate is 85 90%. But those who survive and come out the other side are Superman. They're viewed as the ultimate warriors and teammates with a mindset and a toughness that amazes everybody. I mean, they literally are Superman to most people. And the reason I use this example is because across the board in men's sports, this type of model where teams and athletes are continually being challenged to the point of breaking down through shared struggle and sacrifice and then being built back up to be better than ever is accepted as pretty normal. And it's even encouraged. Uh, Everything we, everything we, here about growing through failure and learning from our mistakes evolves around this concept. What this means is that we get better in all areas if we have to continually be challenged with greater and greater, greater levels of difficulty. Uh, and in order to reach the levels of failure that we, we force ourselves on, we have to do harder things to fail if we continue to get better at those things. And so, for the Navy SEALs, these training challenges, which are brutal and humiliating, are what turned them into the greatest warriors in the world. And I think if you want to see an example of this, just go to YouTube or, or Google on the internet and look at. Collegiate football winter conditioning I mean look at some of the things that that especially the power five football teams go through, but probably almost all football teams go through in the winter when they 're off season training it 's extremely competitive in the weight room, their agility drills you know just everything is about competition everything is about just going after each other as hard as possible, trying to create the biggest strongest, fastest you know on the field warriors uh, to be the best they can be and in other words, they all stru- they suffer and they struggle together. And then through this shared struggle and sacrifice, they become a stronger team. I mean, that's across the board how they feel. So I guess the question is, is this okay? Is it beneficial or is it even productive to train female or male athletes the same? Or, you know, should we recognize that they need to be trained differently? And if they need to be trained differently, then why? And is that defined as gender equity or is it merely equal opportunity? I think that's another question that, you know, we look at and we examine. I will say that there, there is some question in today's society if, if we're trying to change boys and the perceptions of boys and, you know, what, how boys are being raised. And, you know, there's, uh, I, was, I was, one day I was planning practice and it was a couple of three years ago, uh, and I heard there were a couple of teachers. Teachers were off, I think they had an institute day or something, and I, I think it was, a, I was at a coffee shop planning practice and i think these were 5th or 6th grade teachers but they were discussing the alpha alpha and that's in quotes the alpha boys in their class who were you know they were you know they they acted up and they were you know had a lot of personality and they were you know maybe aggressive which as i heard the conversations between them i was a little a little bit it was a little. It was pretty interesting because I thought, man, when I was a kid, every boy was like that. You know, we acted up in class because that's what boys did when they were, you know, ten, eleven, twelve years old. And you know, it it seemed like the the conversation uh, kept going back to, you know, that there had to be some way to control these boys. And it, it didn't sound like it was anything bad. It just sounded like, you know, they they wanted them to act a certain way. And, I, and one of the things that we talk about as coaches all the time is we talk about you're looking for that alpha, whether it's a male or a female, you know, you want that, that person who will, has no fear, who will take charge, you know, who will stare down any controversy, uh, you know, who's going to be hyper aggressive. I mean, that's one of the things that we always try to teach and coach in, our, in, in sports is, you know, we want everybody to be that way. We want that, you know, quote warrior mentality of of people being you know hyper aggressive and you know competing at the highest level all the time every day day in and day out and so you know there i think there's one of the things and we do see it here with our voice program and i mean we see that you know there there seems to be a move across the board to i don't know it's hard for me to explain but you can see it and i just think one of the things we have to be careful about is we have to be careful about uh, trying to change people uh, and make them into something else other than what they really are. Uh, because I think we want to be careful about that because we don't know what we're going to get on the other side of it. And as as coaches, you know, we want, we want those aggressive athletes. I mean, we want those. I mean, that's one of the things that you know, I've said earlier is that you, you, know, you, you get treated the same and you, ex- you expect the same result. You expect people to just compete really hard, regardless of gender, because that's what great athletes do. So, um, that's one of the things that, you know, that I'm always looking at is, are there, are there changes afoot on how, you know, boys are, are expected to act, even, even, you know, not only in school, but uh, does that, does that carry over to the athletic arena as well? So it's something, it's something worth following and something worth looking at. Um, I think we take this another step further. Uh, is there a set path that creates the ultimate competitor? You know, the ultimate teammate, or what, you know, a lot of times in sports jargon you hear described as the ultimate warrior. And, you know, the other question is, do we really want or need a group of ultimate warriors? Uh, To me, that is central to this topic. If we're looking for the toughest group of badasses, then maybe some of the components of the training the SEALs go through can be very beneficial for both genders. I mean, from the Navy SEALs' point of view, I'm not sure that working with a sports psychologist on deepening relationships through communication and vulnerability, to quote my coaching friend, is going to have life-saving benefits in a world where people are trying to kill you. But I do know that the ultimate grit and toughness that makes a SEAL is invaluable in the world of highly competitive athletics. And I also know that without the training that the SEALs go through, that level of grit and toughness probably wouldn't exist. So that's one of the things that we have to look at is do we do we continue to pursue that level of toughness and the grit? And that brings us to 2022 because I think after all these years uh, of opportunities, it seems now, and maybe it's COVID, maybe it's other things, but it seems like across the board there's a much much deeper pool of female athletes who seem to be more fragile now than ever and you would think it would be just the opposite because of all the opportunities that have presented themselves over the last two or three decades but that doesn't that doesn't seem to be the case i mean you know we have in the last two or three years we have high school kids whose parents will call and tell us that they need to take a mental health day and you know they're being destroyed by social media and cyber bullying, and, and these are teenagers you know in high school, and you know and I guess the question is, you know I heard not too long ago I, heard, I, heard, I was sitting in a meeting, and I heard a, a a woman say, "You know, we send our young men off to war, and we send our young women off to counseling and I'm not sure if that's completely true but I also see it just from, from being around it on a daily basis that there seems to be some issues that, you know, for some reason, uh, we seem to be going in the wrong direction. And I'm not sure why. I've heard a lot of coaches talk about this issue, that, you know, they have a lot of players who uh, are seeing counselors or, or psychiatrists or therapists. Uh, and, you know, they seem to be extremely normal. You watch them play, you watch them even on television, and, you know, they, they seem to be... Uh, you know, extremely normal. They seem to be extremely happy, but it seems like under the surface there are other issues. And I think another thing outside of the counseling issue is you know the what what happens from there? I mean, I know one of the things right now that that is a pretty hot topic is this idea that we're medicating so many people, young people for you know anxiety, depression, ADD, ADHD. And I, I think one of the things that you have to ask yourself is, how do we teach uh, a survive and thrive mentality to young athletes if, you know, if for some reason they feel like they're broken and they need to be fixed and they need to be, uh, you know, they need to be counseled and they need to be uh, changed? As opposed to, you know, we're, we're looking for those athletes who, you know, with the poise under pressure and, you know, they're able to go through these really demanding situations, continue to get back up and uh, but if they're riddled with anxiety and they're riddled with depression and they see themselves as uh, you know needing help in a lot of ways how do we have that athlete become the strongest person possible to get through all the things that in the past we thought if we went through these difficult times we would be better for it we would we would be able to stand up and and take a better punch next time because we had gotten up from the last punch and another thing we look at is you know how how is this helping us be stronger is it helping us be stronger or uh, you know is it not i think that's a good question to answer i mean one of the things that i've always believed is that the cornerstone of athletic greatness is is toughness in, in the word grit that we used before and the reason i say that is because if you're going to get to an elite level you've got to climb over a lot of failure and to succeed you have to be able to repeatedly get back up after you've been knocked down. And that means over and over again because failure is the greatest builder of grit, toughness, and character uh, because anybody who continues to get back up after being knocked down and failing, ultimately, you know, along the way, becomes stronger, tougher, more resilient. You know, whatever words that you want to use, you know, those are words that I think apply to that, that person. So I think that we we have to ask ourselves, um, do we want toughness to play a part in the success of our athletes? If we do want toughness to play a part in the success of our athletes, then how do we go about having our athletes acquire that toughness? And, uh, you know, or, you know, if we don't want it to be a key, key component, you know, it, as like a lot of concepts and days gone by, is there, is it no longer a key contributor to athletic success? And if it's not, then what is? And I think that's one of the things we look at because um, you know we have to we have to we have to look at what are the most important factors that we look for to be highly successful. And you know if we look at you know athletes athletics as being you know the ultimate teacher of life, and we know that life throws a lot of struggle your way, and we know life creates a lot of hardships. We know life throws things curve curveballs to you that you never think is coming what's the best way to prepare young people for that? Is, you know, is, the, is the word grit, what does it mean? Does it mean, and how do we acquire grit? I mean, I will go back to you know, the, the, the sports psychologists and deepening and furthering relationships through vulnerability and communication versus a punt, pass, and kick contest. I mean, is one better than the other? But is one necessary? Could the men have done what the women did and could the women have done what the men did and could the results have been exactly the same i mean could could the men's team have spent their time with sports psychologists and could the women's team have done the punt packing punt pass and kick contest and could it have been equal i mean i don't know there's there's no answers to these questions but the one thing there is is there's there needs to be a lot of questions because one of the things that we have done as a society and i've been coaching 40 years is that the The toughness and the grit that is developed over time by doing really difficult things I think creates some really really strong human beings and really great adults and i i you know I've coached thousands and thousands of players over the years and we have some phenomenal alumni here uh, that have come out of our program thousands you know well over a thousand seniors have graduated from this program, and I know a lot of them still and it's hard to describe the pride they take in the difficult things that they did when they were young and how they attribute those things daily to how their life functions. And, you know, they I talk I talk to them all the time at different times over the years. I've heard from so many of them who have said that I use the lessons that I acquired at Sports Performance, you know, my, my commitment to excellence every day and my attention to detail and, you know, the I survive mentality, those guide my life and those are the principles that guide my life on a daily basis. And I think across the board, those are principles that, you know, can guide our lives because we have, you know, if we have that strength and that determination and that never say die attitude, we're going to be pretty successful in in, withstanding all the, the body blows and the punches that come our way in life. And I guess my question now is, do we do we continue to try to acquire that? Are there new ways to acquire that? Or, you know, is is old school as far as just we're going to work really hard, we've got some shared struggle, we've got some shared sacrifice. Uh, that's going to have to stay the course. But I, I think coaches know in this day and age that it's getting harder and harder and harder to go through that shared sacrifice and that shared struggle because of all the outside influences that continually reach in uh, and try to prevent that. I mean, it's, and it, you know it's one of the things that I think we we will at some point, there will be a tipping point that we look at and say, you know, how how do we do this? What's the best way to do it? I think the people who are highly successful probably haven't you know I think the science has changed immensely, but I think the way to get there uh, really hasn't changed a lot. There's exceptionally hard work, there's a lot of sacrifice, there's a lot of struggle, there's a lot of failure, and people grow, and I mentioned earlier, people grow from failure, they're much better off from failure, but now, as a society, we don't want failure, we don't want kids to fail we don't want kids to fail because we feel like it it negates their self-worth as opposed to teaching kids to overcome failure and growing self-esteem and growing grit and growing toughness because we have overcome those obstacles uh, instead of taking the obstacles away do we need more op- do we need more obstacles do we need do we need tougher tougher and more demanding situations uh, you know I- I- in the right context that allow us to even grow stronger and better so um, and like I said, there's there's no there's no set answers for this, but I think these questions that I'm asking, and I know that they're being asked by a lot of people because I have conversations all the time with coaches at all levels, who uh, you know have a lot of questions about you know, the direction that everybody's going in because it doesn't seem to be trending in the right direction as far as larger and larger groups of people having greater and greater amounts of grit and toughness and the ability to overcome more things. I think there's a, there's that select few at the very top, which we generally see those people. Those are what we see. And again, I'll go back to what I said at the beginning. Maybe COVID has had—I'm sure COVID has had a lot to do with this because it's destroyed, uh, you know, so many areas of our lives just because of, you know, the lockdowns and, you know, the, the masking and all the things that, you know, that that everybody did— Um, you know, as as preventive care to try to keep everybody safe. But what's the long-term damage from that? You know, what's the long-term benefits uh, from it, you know, as far as are are we going to come out of this and be fine after a couple of years? Um, I'm not sure. But I think this podcast asks questions that we should all ask across the board because, you know, the title of it is, Should Female Athletes Be Asked to Man Up? because generally the word man up means, you know, certain things to certain people. And do we treat our daughters like we treat our sons? Do we have the same expectations? You know, or do we need different expectations? And those are all things that, uh, you know, I think we need to talk about, we need to explore. Uh, And again, it goes back to the very best, always at the top, men or women, it doesn't matter. They're, They're the very best. I'm talking about across the board. I'm talking about the foundation. I'm talking about the the vast majority of the people that sit in the middle and at the bottom. Are they more prepared now than ever? You know are they able to go through difficult situations better now than they've ever been? And you know those are the questions that at some point I think we have to try to search for answers for. so uh, I hope you found this at least questionable, and uh you'll give it some thought and uh, I'll look forward to talking to you next time. Wish it all everybody the best and hope your teams are doing great and uh, you've had a great, great and safe winter. Thank you.